Welcome to an episode of Shrift with Shubra. I'm your host, Shubra Vanetti. And usually on Shrift with Shubra, I do video interviews with different wellness modality practitioners, as well as experts in various topics to do with the mind, body, and soul. But I have recently taken a decision to keep things a little bit more behind the scenes. Um, If there are practitioners that I will be interviewing, we will probably still do video episodes for those. However, I wanted to go into more audio-based episodes for the podcast simply for so many reasons, but the main reason is that Mama got no time, unfortunately. (laughs) So I hope you enjoy this new format. I'm just going (laughs) to shift my chair a little bit. So I wanted this podcast, um, the new trajectory of this podcast to be a little bit more conversational and relaxed as well. And part of the way I wanted to start off this new season um, of content is really reflecting on the last year. So it's a bit crazy, but... It's been a year since my first episode, or yeah, it'll be a year. When you're hearing this episode, if you're still tuning in, thank you so much for tuning in for the last year. I published the first episode on the 23rd of July. Ironically, I feel like this episode is probably going to come on around the same time uh, or just after, which is the full moon. Um, in July this year. So fun fact. Anyway, why is that important and why do you need to know about that? Well, full moons, uh, if you don't know already, are all about celebrations. They're all about endings. They're all about new, uh, all about chapters coming to a close. And in a way, the first year was really just an opportunity to learn more information, to just do a side project that was just going to make me happy at the time um, and do something fun. And it's been such a crazy year. So I wanted to take an opportunity to share with you all what the last year has been for me and the crazy turnaround that has happened. When I first started the podcast, I was probably in a place where I was just about to bloom. Now, what do I mean by bloom? I had gone through, we had gone through lockdown in Singapore. It was a couple of months, nothing too majorly long, but long enough when you're stuck with the toddler. And everyone was working from home. People were going through rough times. Um, and people were trying to adjust all of these things. And I was just thinking to myself, like, I am trying to do so much at the moment. At that time, I was sleep consulting for mothers with their children. And I was managing quite a number of clients always on the go. And while some clients were ending, some were 
just beginning. So it felt a little bit like a never-ending conveyor belt of clients, which is a great thing to have. It's a blessing when you're in your own business. It's always a blessing to have a constant steady flow of clients. It was also getting to a point that I, as much as I love sleep information, something else was really calling to me and I wasn't sure what. But I, I, And I really had no idea how to even begin that journey to discover what because obviously as many people might know if you're invested into your own business that comes with a few price tags so you and also some legal responsibilities so I couldn't just jump ship or change direction very easily and I then instead was like okay I need to find an energy modality of something all right now if you don't know me already I am somewhat of a spiritual junkie is kind of probably what some people might term it as. <laughs> and it is someone who really just enjoys learning about spiritual things. So conversations, books, learnings, teachings, um, practices. Was I always like this? No, absolutely not. Um, I probably learned meditation for the first time when I was 13 years old and I had a very complicated relationship with it, which is probably not an episode that we're going to dive into just yet right now, but I had a very complicated relationship with it um, due to perhaps the way it was presented to me and then um, put onto me so often by those around me. And so instead, because I was 13 and I was a teenager, I decided to rebel instead. So I stayed far, far away from it. Um, nothing too crazy, but definitely far enough. And those who really, really know me know pretty much how far it went. And I was always enticed or tickled by the idea that I would love to be one of those people that could easily sit in meditation for hours and hours and not have any problems with it. And I had progressively after some time, after I passed out of my teenage years, I went on to do courses um, in an ashram and I have done meditation-based courses where there are long bouts of information, uh, meditation, sorry, but then I would always be faced with this problem that I would come out of that blissful experience and then hit straight back to old habits, old patterns of behavior, thinking, etc. Self-sabotage, you name it, all there. And I would just result to old habits. And I'm thinking, my God, I can do these two to three hour meditations in an environment when the environment is conducive. But then as soon as I get back to the regular environment, it all just goes right back to square one as if nothing has really happened. I don't know if you faced this before, but let me tell you something. On an energetic level, some of it has made a difference. So don't beat yourself up about it. That's number one. Two, yes, it's always easier when the environment is more conducive towards more meditative practices. So that's why by making sure that your environment is nice and clean, 
uh, spacious, minimalist, just means less cluttered, more organized, means that your internal state can also be just as more organized and less cluttered internally as well. But I would say the biggest thing was that I just kept looking for modalities that was going to be the trigger, the switch. You know, that aha moment that people say like, oh my God, I had this amazing experience and I totally have changed my life forever. And I saw people, I saw friends, I saw family members who were just having this experience over and over. And I was like, when is it my turn? Now, the first time I was exposed to this, as I said, was when I was 13, when my parents had their experiences. Now, being a very impressionable 13-year-old child who obviously wanted their parents to love and adore them by doing things to make them proud, I was so hoping I was going to get my miracle aha experience at the age of 13. Turns out I didn't. And then on top of that, when you already didn't feel it, and then you're being told to do it over and over, and you have no connection really deeply to it, it just felt like a recipe towards zero results of meaningless. I don't know what how else to phrase it. So it pushed me so far away that I had to find my own way back. So let's go back to lockdown. Lockdown happened. Everyone was erupting. I mean, in in the sense, internally erupting. Everyone was just trying to hold it together. And in the midst of it, I had a child that was also needed to be attended to. I had multiple clients on the go that I clearly had to um, service while taking care of said child's energies and interests and emotions, as well as many family members who were also dealing with this big change that they were facing in their life. So I'll tell you right now, I'm sure there are some men out there for sure, but very often than not, a mother's role is always multiples. It's always in multiples. We never switch off. We are either mother, friend, wife, daughter, sibling, employer, employee, service provider. It's very rarely that we could just be woman or ourself, really. So here I am. Everyone is kind of internally exploding. I'm trying my best not to explode. And I'm like, I need something. But I want to do something that I've never done before. So I chance upon what is called the Akashic Records. And that began the journey last year. I took this course. I had no idea what it was. Honestly, Akashic sounded like an Indian Sanskrit word of Akasha, which I kind of vaguely knew meant sky. And I was like, okay, it sounds Indian enough, you know, so maybe there's some meditation in there. That's literally all I had. I was like, maybe it's got some meditation. I have no idea what else this is. I'm just going to go and do this because one, I could do from home because everything was in lockdown. And two, it just meant that I would be able to perhaps shut off from the rest of life and just dedicate some time for myself. And I did it. And literally the rest is history. I had my aha moments, but it was not like the big ones. You know, I had the big push ones when I did some meditations of Dr. Joe Dispenza. And if you haven't heard of him, 
Google it. You'll see a lot out there. I had one set, set, said moment about with his, but I would say that meditation moment came after I had learned to go into my Akashic records and out again and in again and out again and doing healings within the records and things like that. And those little, little changes led to the big moment. And my big moment really in simple terms was that I was dealing with chondromalacia and chronic fatigue syndrome for quite some time. I want to say I can't even remember where it may have started. It could have just kept going from teenagehood. Um, and it literally felt like after I, after this one experience where I'd opened my records, I did the meditation from Dr. Joe and I came out of the meditation. It was really freaky cool in that way where it felt like the chronic fatigue would sit on my head almost like a heavy brain fog helmet that just covered my entire head all the time, like just like a really heavy helmet. And it felt like the helmet had lifted and my brain, my head, the crown of my head and everything was so light again. It felt like this cloud that I had been holding for such a long time had just completely disappeared like out of nowhere. It's almost like when you have it, you don't realize this is the feeling that you had. And then once it's gone, you're like, oh my God, that's how it manifested. So that disappeared. That was one. And two, as I came off the, the bed, because I was sitting on, the, on my bed and doing the meditation, when I you know, got down, I felt lighter than air. I literally felt like I was a walking feather. Sounds ridiculous. I understand it sounds weird, but it was literally how I felt. It felt like my energy, my body was not dense anymore. It was just energy body. It was so floaty and it kept being floaty all the way until the next day. And of course, promptly that night, I instead indulged in some of my habits of drinking, for example, and the feeling disappeared like that. Uh, very quickly after that. And that was sort of the moment where I decided, wow, I can literally feel the toxins come into my body. I can feel what's going on and changing me energetically in my body. And that was the moment I decided I no longer really wanted to drink or consume anything that was going to create that sensation in my body. So I I didn't quit right away. I'll be honest. I didn't quit right away. I thought, no, 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 let me see. I'll just keep doing the meditations and maybe I'll just get light and I'll get heavy and I'll get light again and get heavy. Yeah, man, this that's not really how it works, does it? Um, about a week later... You know, I had drinks again and literally I was like, no, that is it. I'm never doing this again. I just never want to do this again. I never want to do this again to my body. Now that I've seen the other side of how amazing your body can feel, how on top of the world really feels, I never want to do anything to prevent me from reaching that, that state all the time. That's what I want. 100% of the freaking time is what that's what I want. And so I didn't do alcohol basically after that and haven't since. 
And I don't even think about it in days. I think someone asked me, like, how long has it been? I was like, I don't know, sometime last year after lockdown lifted in Singapore. And I was like, maybe it's April, maybe it's May. I have no, I don't even know the dates anymore because time has passed. And they're like, do you ever want to? I'm like, really? No, I have no desire to keep it, to have it. Only if friends are coming and they want it, I'll have it for them. But other than that, really, even now my friends, I'm just like, sorry, can you bring your own uh, drinks? Because I don't know what you want and I don't want to keep anything here. Um, I'll have coconut water or I'll have water. Maybe some juice, but we don't even have that because too much sugar in that too. Um, So it's just really weird because the relationship between my mind and my body got so clear all of a sudden of like, wow, these, you know, if I take certain sugar or certain things that have lots of sugar, I can feel the immediate effects of it. Of course, there are some things that I just allow myself to indulge in, like coffee and right now oat milk. And I know there's a lot of sugar in oat milk and I like it. So, you know, at some point I will be ready to let that go. Right now, no. But I'm really, really happy to say that I could finally shed that, you know, those cruxes, those crutches, sorry. I was finally happy to shed those crutches of how I was so dependent on external things for making me feel better in terms of substances, you know, substances in terms of alcohol, for example, or chocolate or, you know, immense high doses of chocolate and high doses of alcohol. And I dropped all of that in one, well, in at least a week later, I dropped all of that in one go and I never wanted to go back to it. And it was a process and learning and I am so happy I did it. And I know there's still such a long way to go for so many other things. I haven't given up meat yet and I do plan to. Um, I don't eat it as often, but that is something that I would eventually like to move towards. And I feel like I'm doing it gradually, step by step in my own time. And I think that's the other thing I learned very strongly after all of this experience was... I had so much judgment while I was doing all the negative things because society judges you, family judges you, friends judge you so often for how you cope with pain and how you cope with life in general. Once I started doing these practices, I realized it was no longer coping, but it was thriving. It was really thriving and there was no pain. There was just wanting to live every day and be excited to see, okay, now what else can I do? Now what else will my body show me and teach me? Now what else will my mind learn to improve itself and to expand and grow further? That's a huge thing in just one tiny sentence. Honestly, it was so much more than that. There was so many more details and so many more events But I just wanted to come on today to just share in this very first episode of the new season of just what really happened on creating, you know, the path just before this podcast started. And so I experienced that like aha moment and I gave up those vices and then I was just like, I need I need to do something that's really fun because I was still doing sleep consulting and that can be quite, you know, you're holding a lot of emotions for a lot of people who are going through quite emotional situations. And I wanted to do something fun. And to me, a podcast just sounded really fun. 
Again, for those who know me, I talk. If you've been listening to me and you didn't know me before, you probably know now that I'd like to talk. But I really like to talk about specific topics. Um, There are really specific topics that give me a lot of juice to talk about. You want to talk about stock markets and government and policies. I'm probably not your girl. And that's fine. Please go find the podcasts that give you that jam. But if talking spiritual, talking the mind, talking beliefs, talking shedding of belief systems, talking about overcoming yourself, getting out of your own way towards your path of greatness, then this is probably where you might find me talking about topics revolving around that because that is my jam. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'm trying to keep them really short and sweet. 20 minutes is still pretty long, to be very honest. Um, And hopefully on the next episode, we'll cover a different topic altogether. But that's the genesis of how this podcast came about, of wanting to talk about things that were my jam and things that I love to talk about, which is just learning things that are going to make you feel better, live better, thrive better, and have an awesome life because you only get this life to live right now. And you could have been anything else. You could have come back as a grasshopper, but no, you came back as a human. So make it count, right? You know, anyway, I am going to sign off now. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you like this, please like it, please comment, please share, please subscribe. All of these things really help uh, me, you know, keep motivated to keep giving you some content. And if you think I should end, then please write me a message privately and tell me, Shabra, don't no more. Okay. Um, and I'll, I'll see what comes up if people don't want this. I'm very happy. I have, you know, I'm very happy to also not talk sometimes too, now that I enjoy my one hour to 90 minute meditations simply by just sitting, which I have to say is quite a, quite a dramatic change because I only could sit with some sort of guidance voice. So I had to listen to a meditation and be guided. And now I can just simply sit. So Know that it takes time as well. It takes time, it takes opportunities, and it takes paying attention. If you want these opportunities to come, they will show themselves, so be prepared. All right? Okay, everyone, take care, stay safe, and tune in again for another Shift with Sugar episode. Love you all. Bye.